this microphone needs to come up because it's got a large diaphragm. Large. Your mum's got a large diaphragm. <laughs> can you hear? I can hear. Okay. Is it too loud? Or? No, that's okay. fine, I think. Cool. Are you metering properly? Is Grace's talking to the mic and let's see. Hello. <laughs> maybe maybe give us a little a little more. <laughs> that, yeah, it looks it looks like you're metering. We're all good. So What were the names of the uh um those little dudes with the uh, the hoods in Star Wars? The little guys on Tatooine who kidnapped the, job, the robots. The job, Jabba's. Jabba's. That's what no, you sounded like. Jawas. Jawas, not Jabba's. Yeah, you, you were like, <laughs> That's what you sounded like just now. I'm a strong Star <laughs> Wars opponent. Were they Star meant Wars to be opposer? Jews? <laughs> no. Were they little Jewish people? They no, they were gypsies. Ju- yeah, they were gypsies. Nah. They steal yeah, your I knew shit there was some kind of, that's some kind of so racial. That's too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's still a racial stereotype. It's just which one. And the sand people were Middle Eastern people, obviously. Yeah, that is what they sound like. <laughs> they do rock. <laughs> like the Tuscan Raiders. Yeah, Tuscan Raiders. That sounds cool as well. It sounds like a pottery shop. Come on down to Tuscan Raiders. From my living room, it's APFM and Grace. (laughs) Welcome back to Grace, our inaugural interviewee. The reigning champ (laughs) of the podcast, making twice as many appearances as any other guest. (laughs) Thank you. That's a record. (laughs) Woo! We need a belt. We do. Um... She's obviously just here for the cats because yeah. they're the greatest. Well, the cats aren't here for her currently. No. <laughs> they're, they're both hiding in separate corners of the room. As Ellen knows, I'm not a huge cat person. I yeah. think they feel that They're like, this thoroughly. person is no, not I think into they, cats. I think they like when you're not a cat person. <laughs> they appreciate yeah, the, they like the I was challenge. Not a, I was not a cat person until you got I met cats. cats. <laughs> yeah. Until you met my cats and you were like, mm, okay, they're all right, yeah. I guess. Because they kept trying to sleep in the same bed as me. And I'm like, no, that's disgusting. No, I'm fine with that. My dog sleeps with me every night. I hate that. I love my dog sleeping I wouldn't want to sleep next to a dog. I feel, <laughs> really? I'd wo- no, I'd be worried that it would like lick my face in the night. Oh, okay. He is not a face licker, but he is um, like yeah. a brick. His center of gravity is so, so low that you just cannot move him. How do you feel about people who tongue kiss their dogs? Oh, I don't but- like people that tongue kiss any f- family situation. Any family. <laughs> like any family. You know, like so it's parents not the that dogs, kiss their kids. It's not the like, animal that's aspect mm. that's disgusting to you. It's the family aspect. I think the, what if it was the animal's dog? another so layer. Could you yeah. fuck a dog that's not a part of your family? 
No. Okay. <laughs> I just had to establish that because I didn't know where the lines were being drawn here. Yeah. The, uh, the bestiality is another layer to the family. Okay. Yeah. So it compounds like. when it's family yeah. and bestiality. I just, see, I the, see. The disgust is deepened. Yeah. I, yeah gross. Uh, I, I hate deep disgust. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I feel that, I'm like, oh, damn. Oh, that's gross. Deep disgust. <laughs> if, if you were going out with somebody and they were tongue kissing their dog, is that a, is that a deal breaker? Yes. Oh, it? my God. That makes me feel ill it's where, they, where they do that and the dog just licks uh, their no. lips yeah. and you're like they, no they just no. pout like they do a kiss uh-uh. pout and they let their dog lick, lick inside their lips their mouth. and it's like no if my dog accidentally no. licks my mouth i feel ill for at least two hours <laughs> i go what have i done like, I, I let our dogs lick my face but not my open mouth not yeah. your mouth no you gotta angle it, no you gotta angle it a certain way I, there's a video online of a girl who had Dog, what's the breed that's oh got God, like the gigantic I really tongue? Feel like I know exactly it's like a what bulldog offshoot. It's got like the smushy face, but it's got a massive yeah. tongue, and it licks her face, and she like full on. Do you mean like socks. the French bulldog? Yeah, I know exactly. Maybe what you're I don't know. About. I'm oh. bad with breeds, oh but like God. she full on socks its tongue, Blech. and it's like yeah. it like no. sort of slurps out of her mouth that's as she turns okay. her head. I don't even think about a that. A deal physically. breaker for me is like on dating apps, women are like in their list of conditions. First of all, having a list of conditions. Yeah, no. But uh, when they're like, um, and my dog sleeps in the bed with me, so you know you got to deal with that. It's like your dog sleeps in the bed with you because you're alone. Yeah. <laughs> so if I was your boyfriend, the would the dog doesn't sleep in the bed. No, we all three of us are going to fit in the bed, yeah. are we? You've I not live thought this with out my at boyfriend, all. and my dog still sleeps in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't. I can't really stop. The cats, especially Kit, from sleeping in the bed. I I shut the door. No, we've tried. So when you shut the door, all you will hear all night is just scratching and then (laughs) just like an alarm going off. He doesn't stop. He doesn't give up. I've tried. He will continue. When Wink wants to come in, he sticks his leg under the door like, hello, (laughs) hello. (laughs) Just keeps sticking it under as far as he can reach. (laughs) Wink, that's very cute. Uh, Grace. Yes. Why are you gay? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Why are you sus, yeah, bro? Don't know. Just happened like this, hey. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, What's your relationship like with your father? And God. Wow. <laughs> Complicated. Let's let's oh. not start there. Jesus. I mean, that's no. where do it I have to pay, Yeah. Do I have to pay for this session? What the <laughs> How about you start with the first question that I have actually on the sheet. <laughs> For you that Grace has prepped for because I sent them to her. Okay, well, the you, top one. To be fair, I haven't. I read them and went, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that's, how, that's how I would that prep was for my a podcast. <laughs> I haven't even read anything. So the first question is, as it's written, is uh, can you tell us about your experience of realizing and accepting your bisexuality? But that's really boring. So the question I'm going to ask is. Uh, is why couldn't you commit to being gay? <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I think like the first question's interesting because I think that people ask that a lot um, with people that aren't straight, whatever that may be, and gender diversity as well. And I think that the answer is that like you kind of always know, like you always know what you like and what you don't like. Like there's no point um, asking a straight person that. They'll usually be like, oh, well, I've always known. 
I've always known that I like tits. You gotta like, pick okay, the right great. question though. Like, well, how come you're a tits guy and not an ass guy? <laughs> exactly. What's yeah. the deal? You gotta yeah. you gotta put it in a frame of mind that they can sort of like wrap their head around. It's like, so you like blondes? What's the deal there? Is your mum blonde? Is that it? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It always is. Or maybe is. there are no blondes in your life and you're missing something. There's something from your life. missing. Yeah. There's a hole there. Just pathologize. Whatever it is, you can fraud your way through it. <laughs> yeah, you can pathologize straight people. And that thing that you had a lot of or not enough of or just the right amount of. <laughs> That's the thing you well, like. Freud yeah, hated, not enough. Hated you're the seeking gays, it too so. much yeah. of. You're rebelling, or it's you're either rebelling against the thing you had too much of, or you only want the thing you had too much of. And or if you had just the right amount, it's because you uh, can't bear to be outside of that environment. So it's like your your growth and development has been stunted. You can just ruin people's lives with with pseudo uh, psychology. Yeah. Um, I will say that I just, I feel like I had enough tit and enough everything in my life to go, yeah, yeah. this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> everything is fine. Everything's chill. But um, I don't know. I think the only thing that I've ever struggled with is the label itself because as much as I know that it was a joke asking why I couldn't commit to being gay, the only thing that I've ever struggled with is being like, well, am I gay or not? Yeah. Because I do go through, the best way I can describe my sexuality is queer because I kind of go through So we're allowed stages. to call you that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. We made it, fellas. <laughs> uh, because I don't know, I think that I went through stages where I was like, no, I, I hate men, I don't like it, I will never be with one. But then I've also been like, maybe I'm making up the gay thing. Maybe I'm like, <laughs> maybe I don't like girls, but like 90% of the time it's like, no, I'm pretty chill being floating around that's got to be a pretty like heterosexual female experience as well that i hate men and i would never be with one like that's got to also confuse the issue because there's just reasons like sorry fellas there's Mm. reasons to hate us sometimes i mean yes uh and i think like so as much as i love you dearly (laughs) there there are times i think as so Speaking as the heterosexual woman in the room. Yeah, what's boo, that like? Um, boo, boo. boo. Get a real uh, identity. I know, right? A white and heterosexual. How boring. Blame. How vanilla. You're like an um, identity vacuum. I know I am. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's more that you you try and separate the gender from the person Trying in to a way. separate the art from the artist. In a, in a way. In a way. It's like... I understand the art being being bisexual. <laughs> yeah. I I understand that like men on a whole can be quite terrible, but you as an individual and a person, I love you, and you happen to be male. It's a sheer coincidence. It's a sheer coincidence, which I think is more like I think it's definitely how more people describe being pansexual, in yeah. that you know I'm in love with the person and not with the gender. I just know for a fact in my, like, for me, that I'm not sexually attracted to women. I find women attractive. Like, I can look at a woman and go, wow, she's attractive. See, here's my theory. And I think I've told you this theory before because, again, I've known you since I was 14. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Is that there is a huge difference between someone who is hot and someone who is attractive. Yes. And you can look at a woman and go, well, I can see objectively that is a good-looking person. Yeah, she's hot. Whatever, but you're not attracted. She's not attractive. No, and you can have that with people that you are like quote unquote supposed to be sexually attracted to yep. as well. Like, um, 
celebrities that everyone's like objectively hot. You're like, yeah. I just don't feel it. That's it. I think like so a good example is Chris Evans. Objectively, he's an attractive man. He is am the I, beauty star. Am I attracted to him? No. no. I'm not attracted to Chris Evans, even though he fits all of the criteria. Who are you trying to convince here? <laughs> <laughs> even though he fits all of the criteria of what I, as a heterosexual woman, would be attracted to, I'm not attracted to him. Sorry. Mm, I think sorry. he's too soft. You <laughs> think he's too soft? <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? His features are too soft. He's a little soft. bitch. Okay. He's too Cam soft. reckons he could fuck him up. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say Cam reckons he could fuck him. This I was the, like, wow. This is the call out. Chris Evans, you're on notice, <laughs> you're on right? Notice. Cam yeah, reckons he can take you. Yeah, man. <laughs> what wow. is he? Is he Captain America? He yeah. is, yeah. Me, Captain Australia, bitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even need steroids. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just got VBs. Okay. Um, No, who's who, the other Chris? Um, Hemsworth? Hemsworth. Yeah, the he's, Australian? He's yeah. He's got harder features, I think, and, like, yeah. if I was gay, I'd be gay for him. <laughs> Again, not... Not attracted. Yeah, the only, that's a real big if. <laughs> the, the only, if we're, if we're using the Chris's, the Chris that I'm attracted to is Pine. I think because he's got a little bit saucy, a little Who's bit spicy. Who's Chris Pine again? What does he, he do? He was in um, Don't Worry, Darling. He looks villainous. I he looks villainous. And I think, I'm not into that. I think maybe I'm into villains. But again, again with the, the, the thing that people ask with bisexuality a lot is like, what's your percentage? Yeah. I think that doesn't exist. The ratio. But if it were to exist... I find I do not find a lot of men attractive. Hmm. Chris They're Pine has like, a five, and head. that's fair. What about Chris Pratt? No, no, <laughs> Chris, no. Chris no. Pratt has a fun personality, but I don't know how hot he is. I just realised that's he why like I like me. That's why I like you because you've got real villain face. <laughs> I've just realised. Also, when he laughs and smiles, he looks like the Joker, like the the cartoon you Joker. You say this, he I does. Guess. He does. It's terrifying, but he does. Alan can't consume any media without relating it to someone sitting next to her. <laughs> yeah. That's you. That's you. That's you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's so, me, and that's you. So you're telling you're that's telling the us, cat. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're telling us that there that there's not like a percentage. It's like mm. you you like them equally. Well, it's not that I like them equally. It's kind of like I like whoever Whoever's I like. Like it's not but, like, but so yeah. far, numbers on the board, it's more women than men. Yeah, I think so. But you're with a guy now. Yeah, which so is he's special. Confusing. Boys rule. <laughs> yeah, like right now, I like women and bread. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> the end. <laughs> but also, like, it's not. I have been very lucky to find someone that I've been with for so long, and don't see myself ever leaving that relationship. But if I did, I can't see myself dating another man. But also that's nothing against nothing against men. A little <laughs> bit against men. But um it's mostly just because like I just can't see it Uh-oh. for myself. Sorry, we have a cat attacking the cat attack. Yeah, cat cord situation. Cat He's who fine. do you Alright, so which um which gender do you prefer dating and yeah, which gender do you prefer dating? Um, I do girls make better girlfriends? Turn my anthropology brain off right now because <laughs> I think that I prefer. I think that it's harder to date women socially. Yeah, because they don't want to pay for anything, <laughs> do they? Yeah, women are just so emotional. Exactly. Um, and we sink cycles. Oh. They're too much drama. Um, <laughs> I, I just like hanging out with other guys. I think that there's like a um. 
a way to perform a relationship that we're used to mm. and you're used to understanding gender dynamics within a heterosexual relationship. Right. So like yep. the the gender training, I guess, of mm. like how to handle a relationship, um, you're used to taking the quote unquote female role. Yeah. It's like two two wrongs don't make a right. Well not even the female role, just like the it's way Adam in which Eve. we understand <laughs> If we're going to talk biblically. Well, it's like two <laughs> magnets. You need op- you need opposites attract. <laughs> well, no, I mean more like the way that we understand relationships has historically been through a gendered lens. Yeah. So when you go um, on dates with other women, it's mm. not that one of you is looking to be a man. It's not like one of you is looking to be masculine or yeah, feminine. Yeah, do you arm wrestle or like how do you establish <laughs> Yeah, we flip who? a coin. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Very egalitarian. Um, and it's just, it's not that it's any different. It's just that I think that I am used to being around heterosexual relationships yeah. and therefore find that more easy to fall into. Right. Yeah. Um. So I kind of get, like, because being heterosexual, I get what you mean. I get the vibe. But, like, uh, if you're going to describe what the female uh, perspective is in a relationship, like, how does that play out? Well, it's not like the like it's not the female perspective. It's more like well, the role rather. communication and um, yeah, expectations almost. Right. Not like oh, is she gonna pay, but like just the way that you are. Like I think in a lot of heterosexual relationships, there's just natural natural roles you take, as in like who is going to drive. Yeah. Who is going to walk on what side of the road? And it's things that you I don't, don't think about that. <laughs> you don't think about it, but once you start thinking about it, you're like, oh, no, yeah, I'm mostly, if there's a crowd coming towards you, all the men that I've ever dated have always been like on the side that there will be more people. And you don't think about it until you start reading Judith Butler. Because <laughs> it's easy to push you into the street. Well, it's more of like a I th- – well, I don't know. I've never been a man. Um, I think it's That's probably more of a but, uh, natural protective situation. But also I will notice if we're heading towards a crowd and you and I are holding hands, you will naturally keep holding my hand but move in front of me yeah. protectively – to guide me through the crowd, I think like it's that's just I walk a natural. Faster than you, I don't want to get stuck <laughs> behind you. <laughs> no, but if we're if we're holding hands, you will do that, as in to be like, you know, we're going to get through this crowd. Follow me, we're going to do this together, thing. baby. Go- you and yeah, me, I'm going to walk right through this crowd. Yeah, I'm going to lead you through this crowd, and that is they're just going a- one way, and we're going the other. <laughs> it's us against them. But it's like it's a perfect example of why I think that, like, I'm one of those people, Serengans, that don't really think that gender is a real thing like it's something that we've constructed because mm. things like that you're like well that's not real you're like well no it's not real <laughs> yeah it's not well, it's like it's as real as we decide it to be yeah and the what the thing is it's kind of like a magic trick where if you're explained how it works and you start thinking about it it's the magic is gone yeah, you're like oh well because so like, now i'm never gonna walk in front of ellen in a crowd <laughs> Aww, never protect her again that's wow. pretty much it yeah I'm never going to hold the door open. Wow. Oh, push her into that crowd. <laughs> I will, like, put you in an armbar and push, the, <laughs> use you as a human shield. Wow. Fantastic. I'll do Great. the exact opposite. Great. You're welcome, Ellen. Thanks. So, like, um, I'm trying really hard to not use. Why don't um, you just look at some of them? No. I'm, <laughs> Why don't you look at I'm, some still, of the prepper? We're still on this. All right. 
Um, yeah, I'm trying not to use. I'm personally feeling lost and confused. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm trying not to use language like um, submissive or like. Well, that's I think what we're kind of trained a little bit to do, right? Like I think that because um, I background for me is I controversially do have a relationship with my father, but I do come oh, from no. a single parent household, so I okay. live with my mom, and I've always lived with my mom, right. so I didn't really have a relationship period yeah. around me. So until I started going to school and like seeing other, I didn't really know how relationships played out. Right. Like if I wanted something and mom said, no, that was it. I didn't know that you could ask the other parents. You didn't know that you could play your parents against oh each other. No, I found God. that out very- I used to do that like, shit a lot. I had no idea you could do that. Yeah. Because I was like, aren't they on the same page? And they're like, no, the no. fuck? Yeah, <laughs> not a not a real single parent yeah, household over like- here where you literally had, I had one parent and if the parent yeah. said no, it was like- well, now I'm fucked, and I Literally. either go against the the tyranny, or, or I just suck if Mum said no, that w- who else am I going to ask? Yeah. Will my brother? Well, yeah. No, he's four at the time. <laughs> I, I, He'd I, probably sign off on it. Yeah, he <laughs> was signing things left, right, and center. I have a, a very distinct memory of when I was a kid. I asked my dad if I could have uh, biscuits, and then he said no. And then I went to Mum and said can I have biscuits? And she said, yes. And then when my dad came out and saw that I was having biscuits, he was like, I said, no. I'm like, yeah, well, mum said yes. <laughs> and I just got to watch this conversation play out in front of me, like between the two of them where they were like, I said, no. And mum was like, what's the problem? Yeah. It was great. Well, even that is like pro move. The, the gender dynamics of parenting is I find really interesting. Yeah. Because again, historically it's always been a male and female partnership. Yeah. And that women historically have had a domestic role, so therefore child rearing has been their domain. Mm. But then discipline is a father's role historically. Why? I don't understand. So strange. Someone's got to be bad cop. But is that also submission to like you do the cooking, I'll do the beating, and then (laughs) together we'll raise the hell out of this kid? They had a town meeting. Yeah. (laughs) But like, is that again? Is that submission? And domination, and a man is still taking a dominating role over his family. I mean, it. I think it depends on the lens through which you want to look at it. Like, you can make an argument that, like, historically, the the role is dominating because it's like you didn't, you as a woman wouldn't have had much of a choice. Yeah. Um. Even if it's like you chose to marry this guy, your options may have been. Uh, being unmarried at the age of 20, which as we all know. And stoned to death. <laughs> yeah, is, is the worst age to be unmarried. You're getting married. Spinster vibes. Is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like. I'm on my spinster shit right now. The, la- the lack it's of. giving spinster. <laughs> the lack of choice, I think, my would make it. My spinster error. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my spinster error. The uh, the lack of choice or the lack of um, agency, I think, is what makes it domineering. But those mm. roles still sort of play out. So it's, um, I think it's interesting that we're still doing it, even though we don't need to. Like the whole like paying for a first date thing. Mm. Like it's it's a bit of a meme that like um, like uh, like a lesbian couple can't decide who pays. <laughs> like that's the yeah. Um, but also, but, I have never. I don't. When I was dating, I paid like I don't I don't do the pay thing. I'm yeah, like a lot I'll of people pay, do that. Pay, but there's whatever. still there's still loads of people who are like I think that you know man should which pay is the first very well, like, those are high value. It's women. Teutonic and archaic and all of those big words, but it 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 makes more sense now to be you know 
cost of living sucks. Yeah, the cost of living sucks. So just pay equally or do um, do 60% of it for if you're a male and then 40% women because of the the wage gap. If you really (laughs) want to break it down that way. And then everything's fine. It's sorted. We're all good. So... Um, or divvy it up based on who earns more money. Like, yeah. if you really want to do it that way, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty of it, who's earning more money in the situation? What do you think will happen when women overtake men in uh, wages? Because they're overtaking men now in like academia. Like, like they're, they're, they're getting better uh, like test scores at university. They're graduating at higher rates. Mm-hmm. I think they're getting admitted at higher rates. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So what happens when eventually the high skill, high wage labor market is dominated by women? A guy's just going to get to stay home and play Xbox. Cages. Yeah. Cages. <laughs> Men yes. in cages. Twenty twenty four. Yeah, that's my presidential campaign. I'm, I'm here for it. I'll vote for you. But no, I think Slay. that's. I think that that like it is. I think it is why that there's a lot of discussion about gender and gender presentation. Is that I think a lot of young people are entering. Um, the world where gender is becoming less and less relevant to what we do. Yeah. yeah. And whereas previously it really was a deciding factor on the way your life would go. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a kind of like um, once you take away one of those foundational like here's how your life is going to play out models. So like if you're a woman, your life is pretty much we have this trajectory for you laid out and it's based on your gender when you remove that you create this sort of like it's a lot of agency but it's also like having that much freedom and that much choice can be a little bit like scary for some people yeah so i think if you don't have that uh default purpose as a result of whatever class you happen to inhabit in society then people just sort of some people if they can't think of what they want to do they just sort of freak out a little bit I think that's where you get on both sides, you get the people who are like hardcore gender roles, like this Mm. is what I do because I have to do it because I'm a woman. Yeah. Or or like guys who are like they're leaning super hard into like masculine roles and masculine stereotypes. Yeah, well, I think that that's where a lot of these sort of um, hyper-masculine podcasts are getting a lot of young men is that it's like – you, I can't, not that, again, not that I feel sympathetic because go women, but like I do understand that it would be difficult to be promised a world as a man, as mm. a white man specifically, where you're like, well, you can do anything and you're on top of the world. Like you can walk into a job offer and like get it and it's fine, everything's good. And then you come of age and you're like, oh, none of that's real anymore. Like we're on a much more even playing field. I can understand that you would be frustrated and then turn yeah. to turn to men who are like, and that's women's fault. It's and you called, go, period, it is. It's <laughs> called aggrieved entitlement. And it's mm. like, depending on your age, you grew up with a thousand sitcoms where a uh, like, regular working class guy had a wife and three mm. kids and a ridiculous house, just a yeah. gigantic house. Uh, and you're going into the workforce now and that's not even like – most people our age will probably never own a house yeah. unless something radical changes, mm. which yeah. I doubt that it will. Um, and it's becoming more and more frustrating. So, like, the messaging that you get in media is that not that this is a th- – it's not, like, as um, – it's not as overt as, like, you as a man are required to do X, Y, mm. and Z. It's just the messaging that you get is that that's normal. Mm. 
and the fact that you can't do it makes you, makes it feel weird. Yeah. And it's easy to blame women. Because well, the we- alternative would be to blame capitalism. Well, yeah. Like, late-stage capitalism is the reason why, you know, nuclear families can't survive off just the man's wage. A man just can't go and work at the factory for 40 years and get a gold watch and, you know, through that time buy a house, buy two cars, support their family. Um, it's the reason why women... You know, women should be able to enter the workforce if they want to, but also they actually kind of need to just for a family to get by now. Yeah. And so when you have these Jordan Petersons of the world or Andrew Tates or whatever who are identifying and and capitalising on a particular crisis or set of crises in like masculine identity and how roles are being sort of stripped of men or or given to women or whatever, um, none of them are going to mention the fact that a big reason why men are being displaced is because so much of their role is economic mm. and the economics have changed out of their favour. Um, if you're a lower to middle class person, and the middle class is, you know, disappearing anyway, but if you're a lower to middle class man, you're left looking around, um, as you guys were saying, uh, like, wasn't I promised a bunch mm. of shit? Like, was it, it wasn't supposed to be this way. Yeah. I think this also ties, and the reason I asked for your phone is because it actually ties into one of the questions that we had before um, that we had lined up, if I can find it, which was just about how um, how toxic masculinity can kind of tie into the sort of misconceptions about bisexuality, but also how it can sort of hinder um, progress in... Mm. Not only in, um, not only in sort of like heterosexual spheres, but also in the LGBTQ plus community as well, because toxic masculinity does not only exist in the sort of heterosexual sphere. It does exist in the queer community, maybe not so much, but it is definitely there. So mm. just, you know, how... In your opinion, how does toxic masculinity contribute to the erasure or intolerance towards bisexual individuals? Well, I think that, like I've been saying with all of these questions, is that inherently power structures impact everything that we do. And toxic masculinity has been just talked to to death in the straight world. Like, we all know what it is. We all know that it's bad, blah, blah, blah. What is it? We all oh know God, that it's a liberal it's lie. Hate men. <laughs> no, it's like, it's, but I think it is that sort of that promised life that you were told, and if you don't adhere to those standards, therefore, it kind well, of plays into that a little bit. I think it's like it's measuring your value as a man based on your performance within masculine roles, mm. and historically, those are wealth and power, specifically power over a power over a woman or like mm. authority within a family unit because yeah. like it's true that so like people will say that like if, if if somebody makes like a feminist argument and says that like historically men have always been in power a common response that i hear from like manosphere types is like well only a small percentage of men have had all the power it's like ceos or kings or whatever and that's true but that's not addressing the actual point like within family units which are like if we agree those are like the bedrock of a society within family units men historically held all of the power there Mm. so it's not necessarily that like the role of a man is to be a ceo or a king or whatever like 
you just have to be king of your family and your it's, and your house is your castle. It's also such a specific type of power that I think yeah. that they refer to and it's such a sort of straw man situation with like, no, see, I got you. We didn't all have power. And you're like, well, no, of course yeah. we didn't. But like there are so many different types of capital and I think that it's important to remember that masculinity has sort of held held um, focus for all types of capital. Yeah, why do you think that like kings had multiple wives or concubines and shit? It's not just because it's cool to fuck a lot of women, mm. although it is cool. Which called- it is. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not just that. It's not just like the aesthetics of like, oh, I can fuck many women. It's I have control over multiple, um, multiple lesser beings. Yeah, I'm, I'm able to control them and have many sons, many mm. strong sons who will in turn have many wives. Yeah, it's just. The you think of like every individual little family unit where the man holds the majority of the control. It's just a, a like every king or every CEO who has all of that power. That's just an over exaggerated version. Mm. Um, and I think that in terms of the gay community, it is has historically inherently been associated with femininity anyway. Yeah, this sort of idea that um. If you are gay, you're inherently feminine, you are girly. Unless you're a woman, then you're masculine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's sort of like this um, flip of gender expectations. And I am not a gay man, so I can't make comment on that in the gay community specifically, but I have seen it so many times happen where you have to be a certain type of gay to be taken seriously mm. by other gays. And with bisexual bisexuality specifically, I think that it is hard for people in the gay community to sort of understand specifically bisexual men because yeah, they that's... present so diversely mm. that they're like, well, I don't know how to put – because us gays, we love labelling things. We love it. Like everything has a label. Even just like styles of dressing have labels in the gay community. So I think that when things transcend categorization, it freaks people out regardless of what community you're from. Yeah. If you're yeah, humans in general like to categorize things and I think if you're in your own community, you the community is going to come up with categories all by itself. Um and I think like I think the gay community specifically because it kind of transcends race and culture it makes sense that those categories within Mm. gay culture have sort of like sprung up. What I've heard, and obviously like, I don't know if you have any personal experience with this, but what I've heard is that like bisexuality from the perspective of the gay community um, is not taken as seriously for similar reasons that the straight community, that straight people would have for it. It's Mm. like, you know, you're just not fully gay. Yeah. You're like in denial or whatever. So like if you're a guy who's bisexual, it's like, well, you're just gay. There's mm. no such thing as a bisexual man. You're either straight or gay. You just yeah. haven't picked yet or you haven't – you're in denial. Yeah, with men, I have had experiences where bisexual men that I met have been like, well, no, you're just gay. Mm. Like people have told them, you're just gay. You just haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. And there's that sort of thing was like, we've all done it. Like we've all been bi. And you're I like, think, have we? Well, I mean, that that would come, that pressure would come from the expectation of men to be straight. And yeah. There's plenty of closeted gay men who have like full on relationships, they have marriage, they have yeah. kids, etc. Um, 
so it makes sense that like that's the cultural narrative that you're just like I know yeah we've all done that mm. or that you're like another one is like um trans people like non-binary people are just trans people who haven't fully committed yeah that's the other yeah. one um but I don't know like how would you try to explain I know it's like it's a tough question, but how would you try to explain your own validity to a person who holds that view or do you not even bother? Well, I think that I have in the past because now, not that my sexuality doesn't matter, but Mm -hmm. now that I'm in a relationship with a man, I'm not going into the dating world anytime soon and I haven't for a long time. I haven't had to have these conversations a lot. You Mm -hmm. can kind of fly under the radar. I am very straight passing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I have in the past had to explain myself a lot because I think with bisexual men, there's a just idea that they're all just gay. But with bisexual women, there's an idea that we're all just straight. Mm. And I don't really know why. I think that it, it is that sort of idea that- You're trying to get away from men. Yeah. It was a phase, I, yeah. bro. It's just, please don't come near me. You're like a um, party girl. You just get <laughs> drunk. You were just drunk. It just happens. Um, but I think it is that sort of thing that women are, women's values inherently in into intertwined with men and their proximity to men. Whereas men, if you dip your toe in, it's like, well, you were never manly enough to be straight then. Yeah. So I think, I think that's what it is. I don't have any evidence or articles to back that up. (laughs) Being gay is perceived as a failure of masculinity. Yes. You're you're less of a man because you can't dominate women, Mm. which is crazy because I imagine it's probably way harder to dominate another guy. I feel like that's (laughs) hyper-masculinity. I feel like if you, like... Think of the, like, think of the hardest, like, toughest guys you, you've you ever met in your life. Uh, they're probably in jail. And a lot of dudes in jail fuck other dudes. Yeah, this is true. But I just think, I think that the thing with women is that women are very um, affectionate anyway. Mm. And I think that, um, who was it? I think it was Chris Stever, her theory of homosociality. It's this idea that women are able to get affection and physical contact very easily. Like I will hug my female friends. I will cuddle my female friends. We'll have sleepovers. We'll sleep in the same beds. That is huge. That is a like. Whereas men aren't afforded that opportunity. No. Yeah. Guys are touch starved and it's like, it's, I I, I mean, I, I don't know for certain, but I would be willing to bet that there's a, like that's psychologically debilitating. I, I reckon it, it is uh, hugely. And uh, so on that, like I can remember being a teenager and still having sleepovers at my, like at my house with my friends and we would all make like one big giant bed in yeah. the lounge room and you would all just sleep. Like most of the time you'd sleep top and tail, but sometimes you would just like looking e- like the grandparents from Charlie and the <laughs> yeah, Chocolate Factory, basically just crammed into just one bed. All crammed into one bed, but you'd be like, and then sometimes if you were just like you were doing whatever and you'd crashed because you were trying to stay up really late at night, sometimes you'd just be slept like side by side or whatever, and there was never an issue. Like nobody was like, oh, they're gay because yeah. they, they wasn't gay. Were, we were just enjoying each other's bodies. I still have sleepovers with my female yeah, friends. It, like it doesn't. There's no issue. Like if now, if I were to say go camping with two friends who were girls and we needed to share a tent and we had to like 
be close to one another because it's cold for warmth, they wouldn't then be like, oh, my God, are we gay because we – And like there would be a tent. a terrible porn. <laughs> oh, no, there's oh no, not enough space in the tent. But if but if that happened, it, I would never then be like, am I gay? And it there would, would not yeah. be any jokes. No. That's the thing that I think that, like, when I've been talking – because I've had a lot of conversations with my partner about it and um, about what that's like because he also went to an all-boys school, which is just fascinating for me. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Um, but he's like, no, we would have sleepovers and sometimes we'd sleep in the same bed, but we'd make, like, it would be funny. I'm like, why is that funny? Why is it funny? No, you're gay. Yeah, literally, I'm like, well, say, so why is it funny? And he can't explain it because it's not funny. It's, yeah. it's a defence mechanism because yeah. you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. And I think that that is where this sort of um, idea that as soon as a man touches another man... He's gay. Yeah. How could he ever be anything but gay? And that's I'm, where I think the erasure comes from. What was I going to say now? Oh, yeah, I'm interested in, like, at what age does it become inappropriate for boys to have physical contact and not have it be, like, weird? Yeah, I don't like, know. I remember my little brother, Um, he would, you know, when he was, like, maybe three, he would, like, hug his friends. That's very normal. I would think of, like, a five-year-old. I think that's pretty normal. But, like, now he's 10 and, like, I haven't seen him hang out with his friends, but I don't know if they, like, Mm. you know, normally make physical contact. And even then, like, even if they did, I can't tell if that would be an outlier because I feel like Dylan and I's upbringing wasn't super, like, gendered, if that Mm. makes sense. Like, um, our dad does the same thing where he'll, like, make jokes or whatever, but I don't know that he's, like, deeply homophobic. Whereas I know I had friends whose parents or their dad specifically was like proper homophobic and they carried that. Like I had a friend in high school, like my best friend who he wouldn't let me hug him. Like I would go in for a hug and he would like put his hands on my shoulders to like block me. And I remember that like distinctly as being like, oh, okay, I guess we're not there anymore. Because I remember hugging him when when we were in primary school together. But oh, something that's be- so sad. Yeah, somewhere between year four, let's say, and this would have been like year 10 or 11, oh, Jesus. it became unacceptable for us to make physical contact. That man gay now. But also like... <laughs> but, Probably. But also like you especially, you're like... You like to hug and, and touch and be affectionate. That is I'm something... I'm a tactile person with friends, that, yeah. I mean, that's something inherent to you. And so you would notice that, I think, a lot more in your sphere because it's something that's important to you. Some people are not super touchy-feely, and so for them, they may not notice that not happening as much. I think I'm not a very... Like, as much as I have, like, hugged my female friends, blah, 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 I'm not really a touchy person. I'm yeah. not really huggy. Um and I didn't notice until someone brought it up. Like, mm. you never want to hug me. And I was like, I don't want to hug anyone. I want to hug anyone. Why would I want your face near my face? Why would I want that? And I wonder sometimes, like, on the on this train of thought, so as a kid, mum tells me that I was a very, like, huggy kid. I would go up and, like, just make new friends and hug them. And I think I would, like, that was my love language initially because I would get hugs from mum. But mum isn't a super huggy person and so her love language is acts of service and so she would want you to do stuff and I think as a kid I could sense that mum didn't really like cuddling in the way that she wanted love 
like received was through acts of service. And so I became less touchy feely. Mm. So I think I trained myself out of that affection and like wanting hugs. And then it's not until I got into relationships that I was like, oh, actually this is a little bit part of my love Mm. language. I do like hugging and touching and, and feeling just not like, not all the time with everyone, with like all friends and family, but in relationships, I'm a very like affectionate and huggy person. Yeah, me too, actually. Yeah, so I think I just but like kind annoyingly of, so, like a yes. toddler. <laughs> yes, I think I realized that there was that disconnect of like I had been trained out of one of my original love languages. Yeah, yeah. So just on top of that, um, so. I kind of wanted to touch on more to do with the community itself, so the mm-hmm. LGBTQ plus community. And are we getting how- rid of the B? Are we erasing it? <laughs> yeah, Just erasing that, the B. That's my thing. <laughs> so, um, let Ellen ask her one, and then we'll. Well, it was more just like we'll address the bees. How Ooh, have you specifically? For all the bees in the room. <laughs> how have you specifically felt? excluded or misunderstood within the community itself like what is is, can you name any particular experiences or any ways in which the community has really kind of ostracized you in a way um not as much anymore i think that we've had we've had the conversations now i think there is still a little bit like um, you've addressed the accusations we've i've I've gone on trial i've addressed (laughs) it um but i think that there is still some things like um a friend um all of my friends are queer or gay in some description. So I love sitting down with straight people and being like, what the fuck is going on out here? <laughs> like, this What's is, happening in your world? What the fuck? But I was sitting down with my friend and she is lesbian and we were talking about um, that show Sex Education yeah. that came out and how there was this whole storyline with a non-binary character trying to explain to their partner that they were in a queer relationship inherently. Yeah. And we were talking about whether that is true of bisexuality and I don't think so. Okay. And she was like, no, it's definitely not. And I was like, whoa, I'm kind now of on the fence. Now I'm now – You've I'm, convinced me. Yeah, now I'm now like, Now I'm whoa. against you. <laughs> yeah. But, like, because from her perspective, she was saying, well, because just because you are queer doesn't make the relationship queer. You are in a straight relationship. And I was like, no, that's true. But I think that you still have to understand that that person is queer and being in a straight relationship does not erase their – queerness yeah and i think that that is now the conversation that's being had is the perception of the world of your relationships right and how you have a privilege that other gay people do not and um like i will be able to go out with brett and no one will be like that's a gay bitch Mm. that's a gay bitch alert gay bitch alert no one's gonna do that they might because i might i look gay (laughs) (laughs) but um if I'm with a man, they're going to assume that I'm not. Whereas you can't do that if you're with another woman. Yeah. Like you do not have the privilege of being safe behind hetero doors. Yeah. Um, what you need to do is your partner needs to dress up super gay. <laughs> we were talking about this because we're going to Germany and we want to go to Bergheim. Oh. A lot of people don't know that Bergheim is a gay club. Yeah. And I was being like, because my um, friend Sunny, she's going to get in. Like, you, you look at her and you're like, you're getting into work. Yeah. So we're, Do they only let gay people in? No, they just look like that you have to look alternative in some way. Yeah. And she is what like. What if you look normal, but that is alternative? That is, I'm, that's what I'm saying. But yeah. I was like, we have to dress Brett up gay. 
<laughs> we have to do get it. Get him like a belly shirt. Yes. And like, just I like a would net love that anyway. Belly shirt. <laughs> oh, yes. I Actually, would I don't love know if you anyway. can go with net if it's a belly shirt. You want to have like, like cut off, maybe like sleeveless. Or you could do a fishnet belly shirt, yeah, like crop I top. So. The, I the correct term is crop top. I don't know why I'm saying belly shirt. What's it, this it, about? I think I think it defeats the purpose of the of it being a mesh if you also make it a crop top. I mean that's fashion. But then that also brings up like appropriation. Yeah. Is he allowed to dress like that to get into a gay club? No. Probably not. That's really fucked. No, I, no. It's <laughs> being respectful. It's like he, when you go to like a, an Arab country and you you wear the get up. Yeah, you wear like you wear you your dress up. code accordingly. Yeah, exactly. It's the dress code. He's adhering to the dress code. <laughs> I don't agree with this with this uh, perception of uh, cultural appropriation. I don't think the gays have a monopoly on dressing gay. Uh, I think well, you what guys, do you guys think about that? Because I've had you guys conversations. Blaze the trial I've had conversations clothes. a lot about um, what's it called? Queer baiting. Yeah, <gasps> I love queer baiting. Is different. Queer baiting. <laughs> so yeah, queer baiting is different. And I've had a conversation with uh, Cam and also my friend Ebony about. Specifically, Mark Gaddis doing a lot of queer baiting in his oh, shows, yeah. especially with like Sherlock yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Well, fucking Harry and Styles accepting that award and being like, people like me don't usually win. What do you mean yeah. people like you? People You're like straight you. People white People like always get this yeah. award, actually. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, not only that, whatever it is you're doing, David Bowie did like four yeah, years exactly. ago. I don't think that you as a human being can queer bait. I just don't think. Maybe celebrities can, perhaps. But I think if you're walking around the world being a little bit like a little, little bit fruity i'm not gonna be like what who do you fuck my, <laughs> yeah. my understanding of queer baiting is when it's used like it's leveraged yeah for, cynically to for gain yeah yeah so for some kind of you're gain. appealing to like if you're an artist there's a gay market yeah that goes hard for like gay icon Have kind you of seen artists the interview with lady gaga in like 2010 where she was like i do not make music for the gay community and you're like whoa gaga really yeah was she, was, wow. was she just responding to somebody being like your music's gay and she's no, like no um, it was um about they were talking about someone else they were talking about another artist who was like no yeah i love making gay music and she was like disgusted by the accusation and i was like gaga you are now the mother of many a gay community yeah <laughs> yeah that's i have to find that because that's super inconsistent with I know. Me. maybe she changed her tune but she's always been like a super i'm super, bisexual yeah and My- like i appeal to the gay community i was but maybe, very confused maybe it's like she's trying to be like i'm not just for the gay community yeah, but, yeah. Did it in a, but she's did a it very in a weird way it was bad for a yeah. pop artist she's very pretentious so maybe she has a thing of just like you can't put my music in a box and this was yeah. a long time ago this was when she still had like the white blonde fucking yeah i mean I, I think that would have been it where she's like don't put me in a box sort yeah. of thing it's, but i was like know, i'm girl, the weird be artist so serious with yeah. me. my whole shit is that you can't put me in a box <laughs> I was like, I'm put me putting in an you- egg. Yeah. <laughs> put me in that meat dress. Put me in a bitch. meat dress. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what was your question, Dylan? What were you going to ask before? Do you feel like the um, the other letters in the alphabet kind of the T's negate the B in the sense that the B the B reinforces a Gender binary. Oh my god, I love this question. Yes, <laughs> yes let's so get, the, the, get into it. So my my yeah, just looking at it sort of from the outside somewhat is that the bisexuality mm. reinforces a gender binary and a yes, a, and also a, a link between sexuality and gender identity. Yeah, hugely. And 
it's just an archaic term. Like it, it w- was conceived of earlier than sort mm. of the other um, labels of gender expression and sexuality that we have now. And as we keep adding to the alphabet, it seems to be inconsistent in and of itself. And I'm not, I will- I'm not saying that's like a huge problem or fuck bisexual people, but I do look at that and kind of wonder how that can be coherent. No, I mm. agree. But I, um, for me, and again, like I said before, the only issue that I've ever had with my bisexuality is the term bisexuality. I don't know <laughs> what I am. I think that the best, again, the best way that I describe myself is queer because I personally am more attracted to the person. I don't care what hole they pee out of, basically. Like, it could be just anything. Just pick one, as long as you pee out of something. Yeah, yeah just as long as you pee, we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> what if they had... Uh, what if they don't pee? Then I'm like, we need medical assistance. <laughs> what if they had a catheter bag? Oh, there. Sure. Man, I miss my catheter. I'm just putting that out <laughs> no. there. Not having to think about peeing was pretty great. Well, I'm you just do gonna think say, about peeing, but you just do it. But you just do it and, like, you're not having to hold. Like, the muscles are just, like, The only relaxing. thoughts about peeing is, wow, this is great to be peeing Yeah, right it's great. It's great to just be peeing whenever I need to pee at, at any moment and I don't need to worry about what happens to the pee. Do you think – It's pretty great. You know what would be cool is – if there was a drug that made you feel like you were peeing for like I, an hour. No, that would no, be horrible. No, it gave horrible. you the sensation that sounds of- horrific. That sounds horrific. That's what UTI feels like. That is what UTI feels like. feels like you have to pee, but you're like you're not. Oh, no, sometimes this I feel like I'm peeing. This is the sensation of that release. No, no, no. Do you know why it's not good? I know what that feels like because when they put the dye in when you go in for a CT scan, I've had that so many, or an MRI scan Mm. or anything, it literally makes you feel like you've wet yourself. And sometimes you have to have a full bladder when you go in. And you have to double check. And you have to double check. There's a point where you're like, The bit that sucks is that you're worried about peeing yourself, but if you remove that hang-up, it actually feels nice to relax. Only semi-related, but peeing while on acid and then taking a long time to kind of like establish like did I pee all over myself <laughs> oh my god I've, ne- I've never done it but just like the amount of like disconnection from reality you're experiencing <laughs> it's just very like the whole experience is just so out there you're like I mean for me anyway I don't know if other people have experienced this but I was just Every time, just concerned. Just I know a group to, of people have to touch, that- check everything just to make sure because it was yeah. I know a group of people that every time they did acid, they would pick someone but, and not tell the person and be like, "We're going to convince them that they peed themselves this time." Oh no! So Hell every time yeah. they would go to the toilet, they come back and be like, "What's on your pants?" And it would be little comments and it would just build up and build up until, like, this person would have, like, a breakdown. Yeah. And they would fun. do it every not time. Cool. Don't psychologically torture people I was like, this is why I don't acid. hang out no, with you I'm, people. I'm pro this. Just ruin lives. It's fun. <laughs> um, but to go back to your question, sorry, I got You feel like pansexual is probably a better label? Probably. I don't know. I feel like that is probably a better label. But I think it does go back to the gender binary thing of um, that that is reinforcing that bisexuality is inherently just two genders. Mm. But I do think that they're, that they're – just because that doesn't apply to me doesn't mean that that doesn't apply to other people. I was just going to ask if, like, you know, because maybe that does apply to people where they are only attracted to the 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 two, in inverted commas, genders. Yeah, of two. like yeah. yeah, they've picked two 
And maybe it isn't. But they just may- happen to be the two. Yeah, and may- well, yeah, <laughs> it happens to be the two, but potentially maybe we get to a place where bisexuality doesn't necessarily mean yeah. those two. It just means that I have a preference of two and these are the two. Because I think preferences are interesting. And again, not to go back to the power structures, in fact, everything, <laughs> but they do. Like having preferences is fine. And I think we talk a lot about like people who are chronically online are always like, how dare you have a sexual preference? That is just simply discriminatory. Yeah, it's transphobic to not yeah. want to be with a trans person. And yeah. I think those are a fringe group, though. I don't but think, I think that really. I think that that's not true. But it could be, yeah. if you know what I mean. Like, if your preference is that you will only date white people as a white person, you're mm. like, okay. Here's the thing: it's like, not in, it's let, not necessarily racist, <laughs> but yeah. it definitely could <laughs> let's, be. Let's unpack the reasons why. You're totally right. Yes. Like, let's think about why, and if it comes from inherently racist exactly. motives, uh, then yes. But if it is just because all you've ever known mm. is living in a community of white people and you've not experienced anything other than white people, then yes, clearly that's probably what you're going to be attracted yeah. to. Isn't the test like you show them Rihanna and just like work your... <laughs> you, what? What? Like, really? The person's like, I own, I'm only attracted to white people. You just be like, all right, here's Rihanna. What thoughts? The most perfect thoughts. person in the world. Exactly. We you, show actually incre- do that. you show them an incredibly hot, but sort of like racially ambiguous, who has like a I do close that to proximity. straight people too. I yeah. go, oh, you don't like women? Look at this. Yeah, yeah look at this. So like the, <laughs> the the test is like you show, you, you, get a, you find a person who only is interested in white people and then you just like you get somebody who's not quite white but has a close proximity to whiteness mm. and is also incredibly attractive. And then you just work your way forwards. <laughs> All the way until you get to Beyonce and then see if you can get even more yeah, far away I from guess. But I think that with the, the trans thing is that if you are not attracted to non-binary or trans people, that's fine, but why? Mm. I don't know why you would be necessarily not into non-binary people because it doesn't say anything about their, like, just saying non-binary means nothing in terms of like their sex necessarily yeah. or their expression. Cause like some non-binary people um, dress, they wear like suspenders and they've got a dorky <laughs> haircut. And so, Jesus. But some non-binary the people. Suspenders. Ju- the suspenders. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really it's, coming for the NB community. Yeah. It's assigned female at birth people wearing bow ties and suspenders. Okay. That's oh, is, an yeah, interpretation. That is, that is the having non-binary the, having standard. Having the Doctor Who look about them. Yeah, it's it's non-binary pe- doesn't mean unfuckable. Yeah, <laughs> Cameron. Well, no, that's my point though. Is like if you if you're not if you're specifically like I don't like non-binary people. Why is it just because well, someone on I Tumblr think, was really annoying? Yeah, or? you just have to say why. <laughs> yeah. You just have to say why to pretty much everything. You're like, yeah. okay, cool. No, yeah, why. Yeah, mm. I question everything, folks. Why aren't you gay? Mm. Why? Well, why aren't, aren't you, gay? you gay? That's my question. Whenever people are like, so when did you decide that you? When did you guys? When did y'all like? Decide when did y'all? When, when did y'all hit? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for me, I guess it's more like boobs don't do anything for me. Female genitalia doesn't do anything for me. I just simply don't get it. <laughs> like, I just and like that's the other thing is that I forget that other people don't aren't like that yeah and like i'll be talking to like um i only have like 
two straight friends. I'll be talking to them. I was like, yeah, like, Am and I'll I say some gay. Yes. <laughs> You're 50% of my straight friends. <laughs> and I'm always like, oh, yeah, and I'll say something. And they'll go, no, I'd, I would never do that with a, oh, oh, there was this girl in high school and I had just come out of like properly. And she was like, I think I could be bi. I was like, could be? Like, if what I work does that hard mean? Enough. What does that mean? Yeah, if I, if I study hard. If I set hard, my mind to it. If I, I study hard I every night. I in the mail room and I work my way up. <laughs> and I was like, well, what do you mean by that? She was like, like, I think that women are pretty. I think that women are beautiful. But I don't think I could ever fuck a woman. I was like, oh, so we've fallen the first hurdle. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's I don't the, know that's the first hurdle. How do you, but how do you <laughs> but one of the them, main hurdle. It's one of the hurdles. But how do you feel about people who say that they are um, like by romantic, so maybe that they could see themselves having a romantic relationship with someone who is the same gender as them, but they couldn't have a sexual relationship with I'm them. I'm okay with it, but like, is that not just being besties? Potentially, gal pals. But then, does that does that um, ostracize asexual people? Well, I think asexual people. It's a bit different because that's like a whole separate sub. Sex, mm. and I think that that is subsex. Subsex. I feel bad for them, man, because like the name asexual. Like when I hear that, I'm like, damn, that is a sexual person. But it turns <laughs> out it's actually the opposite of that. Complete oh, wow. opposite. They're not, not sexual at all. It's how like no, the word flammable and yeah, inflammable like, mean the same thing. Yeah. Does does that then? What does that do for asexual people? Because obviously, sex doesn't come into it for them as in the act of sex, but like having those deep. Emotional connections, connections and yeah. like romantic connections are enough for them. So, what about people who are like a deep romantic emotional connection with someone who is of the same gender of me is something I could see myself having, but I don't know that I could ever be sec- like sexual with them. But then they're like, I could absolutely be sexual with someone who is of the opposite gender to me if we're using the, yeah. the two gender I think that norms. I don't personally understand asexuality a whole lot and I don't know a lot of asexual people, but I think that is a good point. But I don't think that you would call that bisexuality. No, and that's why, like, there's the extra, like, like romantic kind of yeah. element to it where it's like are you, you're bi-romantic and that you can... Well, then, like, I had a really, again, with my um, friend the other day when we were talking about queer relationships, we were talking about, um, what's the one, demisexual? Yes, where you're where attracted like, to the personality. You have to get to know the person first. And I was like, that's, that's you. That's normal. Is that not just a preference? Or like, that's sapio- me. or like sapiosexual is like, I'm attracted to smart people. And it's like, no, you don't like idiots. Yeah, it's like, I think that that's, that goes into preference territory. Mm. And then you ask, okay, well, why? I think some of that. A, an old manager once told me that I don't suffer fools, which I think was a nice way of him telling me I'm an asshole when yeah. someone's dumb. Yes. <laughs> but if we go back to demisexual, like I would say you, Cameron, are, if we're if we're saying that is a thing, that's something that you need out of a relationship. You struggle to have like meaningless uh, sexual relationships with people. You require there to be an emotional connection in some kind of way. So I, I um, no. No? no We're putting him on the hot as seat. In, yeah. As in, no, I don't think that's what demisexual means. Right, Because okay. I, go- I Googled it earlier, and demisexual is a sexual orientation in which an individual does not experience any primary sexual attraction, the type of attraction that is based on immediately observable characteristics such as appearance or smell and is experienced immediately after the first encounter. So it's like from that definition, demisexual is like you roll a dice – 
and I'm now like, wow, I'm, for whatever reason, I'm really into those socks. But like, or, it's also like you have to get to know the person yeah. before you're attracted to them. And I feel like that is also just, that just a feels way like a people are. Some, yeah. Like, I think, I don't think you can count something as a sexuality unless it, um, in, unless it reaches a point of almost, but not quite fetishization of that thing. So like that is a good point. you you could say I have a preference for blondes or I have a preference for people with like green eyes. But until you only jerk off to people with green eyes, I don't I think it's just Until you have, you're putting in the work. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that becomes just like a preference. Or like the sapiosexual yeah. thing is like you can like and be interested in and find attractive uh, people who are intelligent because they're usually interesting. They're good mm. conversationalists. Maybe they're emotionally intelligent. So that's cool too. But until you've like wanked to Albert Einstein, I don't know that that's Jesus. like, I don't know that, that photo of him with his tongue out. <laughs> oh. Well, like until you're reading um, like the works of Stephen Hawking mm. and just like really getting until something it's like, out of until it. Until it's a philia. Then yeah. we've got an issue. Yeah, once you start getting into, like, it, it doesn't become a sexuality until it's a feeling. Yeah, like You're a, just attracted to smart people, which is fine. Like, another example is I clearly have a preference to men with blue eyes because I, I would say 90% of the men that I have dated or been with have blue eyes. It's a preference that I have, but I am not, like, I'm not jerking <laughs> not off to exclusively blue-eyed <laughs> men. You're not blue-eyed sexual. So, Yeah. Some of that stuff you got to be careful with as well, because like if you're if it's like a physical characteristic, it's just eugenics. Yeah. Partic- <laughs> if it's a physical characteristic, specifically one related to melanin content, you get into real dicey territory. Well, that's yeah. again, you go, okay, why? Yeah, like why? Because I don't have. That's the other thing. I don't. I think that maybe demisexual, if it is, if it is real, not to invalidate. Not to invalidate reality. I'll invalidate um, them. I won't. They're welcome to come but on like, and explain I, themselves. I kind of have to get to know a person first. Like I can find someone sexually attractive, but I wouldn't ever do anything with them until I'd kind of at least had a quick vibe check. Yeah, no, like, I definitely have gotten to points where it's just like, I'm just going to fuck this well, person. Well, when I have, I felt like shit after and I've gone like, well, that wasn't even worth it. Um I, there are times where I did feel shit afterwards, but there are a lot of times where I was just like, eh, it happened, it's fine. I'm not, like, it's not an issue. Yeah. And I just kind of got physically what I needed out of that and it was like, that's it, I'm good. Bring so. it back to the anthropology. Do you think maybe you felt shitty because your role as a woman is to be a a kept woman and that you don't yeah. get any personal gratification from the sexual domination of another person? Maybe. I think it's also that... I think that women's value has inherently been intertwined with men, like we said before. But I think I've been talking about this with my friend a lot is I think that because women had no sexual freedom and no sexual liberation that we've almost done like an opposite pendulum swing. Yeah. Where like women now are hypersexual, which is great. And I think that sexual expression is awesome, but it can often lead us to, um, to go, well, I have to do this. Yeah, like because gone, I have the choice too, so I will do it. We've gone from slut shaming to slut glorification, which or like the, or like being slutty should be a purity neutral, shaming. Like. Yeah, like being slutty should be a neutral um, quality of a of a person, as long as it's like you know you're a free acting individual doing what you want. But like there is, I think ethical I, slutting. Well, I see the. Um, 
like the fact that like OnlyFans has taken off in the way that it has, particularly with like female content creators, there's this sort of like, there's this kind of vibe that that's something that you should aspire to. And I think it's the kind of like gig economy content brain, uh, ness of like, you know, now everybody wants to be a YouTuber. Mm. So like, because that got big and, you know, maybe when after streaming got big, everyone wanted to be a streamer. Uh, now that OnlyFans is taking off, there are like, a leg- there's a legitimate sort of contingent of people online who are like, as soon as I turn 18, I'm getting an OnlyFans. Yeah. And I think sex work is complicated anyway. Mm. Like um, it's, it's never going away. Like, I, no. like we're never getting rid of sex work. And so many people have criticised it. So many people have endorsed it. The feminist community for, like, fucking decades yeah. thought that sex workers were just the devils. And you're kind of like, well, they're also women, so let's think no, about it. No, they're victims. They're victims of the – they're poor, unfortunate souls. <laughs> but that's why I think it's complicated is I think that I don't think sex work is inherently empowering. Mm. But I know that some sex workers find it empowering. I don't but know that's that it's individualistic. Yeah, I don't know mm. that it's any more empowering than like Anything customer else. service. Exactly. That's what I think. I think that it's, it, like, it's a job. Yeah. You do your job. I don't care. Like, even if it's your dream job, at some point it's time to make the donuts mm. and you're like, oh, I feel I like Dylan's clocking day. in. Dylan's <laughs> ready to weigh in on this. Well, I, I think it, it, in the, because you have like this um, uh, labor argument, right? Where, Person A is like, you know, sex work, it's selling your body, blah, blah, blah. And then person B would have the sort of the argument that, well, isn't every job selling your body, selling your yeah. your time and things like that? How is it any different? Um, that that works both ways. They are the same in that sense, but they're also the same in the sense that they're um, like – how empowering is it to do to do that labor for someone else? Like, I think that they're they're quite sort of similar. I think like sex work is is interesting because like it should like disclaimer should be legal mm. and regulated and protected. Yeah, there's no reason why it should not be um, in amongst uh, uh, every other kind of you know profession kind of work. But the idea that it's aspirational. I I question like where that idea comes from. Like what? Again, going, Labor why? shouldn't be aspirational. I don't think. Well, any, yeah. I don't think any job should be aspirational. The aspiration should be that you're doing something that you want to do for a job mm. and that you can survive. Um, and, I'm sure and some be people, happy at the same time. I'm sure some people are doing it because they want to do it yeah. for a job. But I don't. the The question I think we're asking is what percentage of people are doing it, and is it making them enough money to survive. I think nowadays it's higher than it was, but it's definitely not a majority. I think there are definitely more people who are in sex work because they've either been trafficked or there's some sort of like, um, you know, bad situation that's forced them into that and they're just itching to get out. But there's definitely, it's definitely good that there are more people who genuinely want to do that and have fun with it um, who who are getting into it. And I think the internet makes stuff like that more accessible anyway whereas like you know sex work used to be you needed to go to Mm. a person yeah um but now like sex work is taking on a more digital role and i think the you need to have this like balance where like the only people who are doing it are the people who genuinely want to be there 
And if even if that's like a tiny, tiny fraction of the population, the internet means that that's not really an issue mm. anymore. Yeah, and I think that it's also an issue of um, the way in which we understand pornography anyway mm. is not empowering for women. No, no, because the industry evolved from like the, the, the evolution of the industry and the art form, if you want to call it that, is based on like male power fantasy and male uh, sexual gratification. And that is, you know, the further back in time you go, uh, mostly about like, you know, degrading or using women in some way for, mm. and like um, like the men in in porn are essentially like props. Like it's very like, it's very rare that like a male porn star will take like a center role within the, I think there's probably like Johnny sins. You're meant, pretty much so it. men are meant to be a self insert hero prop. That pretty much. Is. Yeah. So yeah, you're, you're a prop in the porn and the women are just interchangeable fuck toys. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, there's definitely that the attitude towards, um, porn is definitely based on that. And it'd be interesting once, uh, I think once there's sort of like this stabilization in the online gig economy of like the perceptions of things like OnlyFans, how that's going to evolve over time. Um, Dill's checking out the time. Yeah, what's as the well. time check? We're at one hour thirteen. All right, I think we leave it here and we continue the discussion into the premium because what I would like to touch on, I guess, now that we're on the the porn track of things, <laughs> is talking about like, you know, are people who are bisexual just promiscuous? <laughs> sure. Coming up next Coming up on next. APFM, a podcast for men. If you have not already, please subscribe at Patreon. Give us Patreon.com slash a podcast for men to hear the premium episode. Yeah. Thank you. See ya. Bye.